0: O jñānanjana Tasmai Demigods, men, and animals. When one knows these, he surpasses death and the ephemeral cosmic manifestation with it. And in the eternal kingdom of God, he enjoys his eternal life of bliss and knowledge. O oh my Lord, sustainer of all that lives, Your real face is covered by your dazzling effulgence. Kindly remove that covering and exhibit yourself to your pure devotee. O my Lord, O primeval philosopher, maintainer of the universe, O regulating principle, destination of the pure devotees, well-wisher of the progenitors of mankind, please remove the effulgence of your transcendental rays so that I can see your form of bliss. You are the eternal, supreme personality of Godhead, like unto the sun, as am I. Let this temporary body be burnt to ashes, and let the air of life be merged with the totality of air. Now, O my Lord, please remember all my sacrifices, and because you are the ultimate beneficiary, please remember all that I have done for you. O my Lord, as powerful as fire, O omnipotent one, now I offer all obeisances, falling on the ground at your feet. O oh my Lord, please lead me on the right path to reach you, and since you know all that I have done in the past, please free me from the reactions to my past sins, so that I be no hindrance to my progress. Could look at Mantra 10, please, in the purport? The wise have explained. The wise have explained. A little higher for the translation that one result is derived from the culture of knowledge and that a different result is obtained from the culture of nations. PURPORT As advised in chapter 13 of the Bhagavad Gita, 13, 8 through 12 one should culture knowledge in the following way. One, one should become a perfect gentleman and learn to give proper respect to others. Two, one should not pose himself as a religionist simply for name and fame three one should not become a source of anxiety to others by the actions of his body by the thoughts of his mind or by his words four one should learn forbearance even in the face of provocation from others five one should learn to avoid duplicity in his dealings with others six one should search out a bona fide spiritual master who can lead him gradually to the stage of spiritual realization and one must submit himself to such a spiritual master, render him service and ask relevant questions. 7. In order to approach the platform of self-realization, one must follow the regulative principles enjoined in the revealed scriptures. 8. One must be fixed in the tenets of the revealed scriptures. 9. One should completely refrain from practices which are detrimental to the interest of self-realization. Ten. One should not accept more than he requires for the maintenance of the body. Eleven, one should not falsely identify himself with the gross material body, nor should one consider those who are related to his body to be his own. Twelve, one should always remember that as long as he has a material body, he must face the miseries of repeated birth, old age, disease, and death. There is no use in making plans to get rid of these miseries of the material body. The best course is to find out the means by which one may regain his spiritual identity. thirteen, one should not be attached to more than the necessities of life required for spiritual advancement. fourteen, one should not be more attached to wife, children, and home. One should not be more attached to wife, children, and home than the revealed scriptures ordain. Fifteen, one should not be happy or distressed over desirables and undesirables, knowing that such feelings are just created by the mind. Sixteen, one should become an unalloyed devotee of the personality of God at Sri Krishna and serve him with rapt attention. Seventeen, one should develop a liking for the residence in a secluded place with a calm and quiet atmosphere favorable for spiritual culture, and one should avoid congested places where non-devotees congregate. Eighteen. One should become a scientist or philosopher and conduct research into spiritual knowledge, recognizing that spiritual knowledge is permanent, whereas material knowledge ends with the death of the body. These eighteen items combine to form a gradual process by which real knowledge can. Well, excuse me. real knowledge can be developed. Except for these, all other methods are considered to be in the category of nescience. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakura Great Acharya maintained that all forms of material knowledge are merely external features of the illusory energy and that by culturing them one becomes no better than an ass. This same principle is found here in Sri ashpanishad By advancement of material knowledge, modern man is simply being converted into an ass. Some materialistic politicians in spiritual guise decry the present system of civilization as satanic. But unfortunately, they do not care about the culture of real knowledge as it is described in the Bhagavad Gita. Thus, they cannot change the satanic situation. In the modern society, even a boy thinks himself self-sufficient and pays no respect to elderly men. Due to the wrong type of education being imparted in our universities, boys all over the world are giving their elders headaches. Thus, Sri Shapanishad very strongly warns that the culture of nations is different from that of knowledge. The universities are, so to speak, centers of nations only. Consequently, scientists are busy discovering lethal weapons to wipe out the existence of other countries. University students today are not given instructions in the regulatory principles of brahmacharya, celibate student life, nor do they have any faith in the scriptural injunctions. Religious principles are taught for the sake of name and fame only, and not for the sake of polit- practical action. Thus, there is animosity, not only in social and political fields, but in the field of religion as well. Nationalism has developed in different parts of the world due to the cultivation of nations by the general people. No one considers that this tiny earth is just a lump of matter floating in immeasurable space along with many other lumps. That's a... In the Bhumi Gita, uh, the Mother Earth personified notices that people are coming and going in the world, especially the kings consider that they are the rulers of various tracts of land and they conquer using their military force, other kingdoms, then they rule those, and no matter how far they spread their influence, they're not satisfied. In fact, Bhagavatam says, after they conquer the land, then they're interested in the sea also. And we notice, from Bhumi's point of view, that this is ludicrous, because they're being crushed by the time factor. Something that Prahlad Maharaj brings up in his prayers to learn Lord Nsringadeva, Nishpit and Upakarsha Vibho Prapannam that everyone's being crushed by the wheel of time, inexorable time, takes away the possessions, the rulership over vast amounts of land and men and money, and leaves people bereft. But still they they spill blood and they think that they're so mighty. Bumi's watching them come and go and fight over... uh, A minuscule plot of land for just a few seconds from her point of view I'm after all from point of view of geological time the lifespan of a king is minute and this nationalism also is ludicrous because if one is born in a particular place considering that this is my land is simply in the bodily conception of life and this is called Boma Ijidi Ija means to worship, and Boma means the land that one was born in. So people think that because I was born here, it's a worshipable place. But This is also ridiculous since we're just passing through here, and ultimately we have nothing to do with any particular nationality. But people raise the flag, and they sing, and tears come to their eyes, and their hair stands on end, that, oh... I'm a member of this great nation. Nationalism is developed in different parts of the world due to the cultivation of nations by the general people. No one considers that this tiny earth is just a lump of matter floating in immeasurable space along with many other lumps. In comparison to the vastness of space, these material lumps are like dust particles in the air. Because God has kindly made these lumps of matter complete in themselves, they are perfectly equipped with all necessities for floating in space. Can we have a verse that backs that up? Go ahead. The last sentence. Quote a verse. We'll read it again. Last sentence. Back up. Where was it? Because God has kindly made these lumps of matter Complete in themselves, they are perfectly equipped with all the necessities for floating in space.
1: It says, "Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachchate Purnasse Purnamadaaya Purnamiva And what that's saying is that um, everything in, like everything this universe, everything that the Lord creates is complete, like the Lord is also complete, and they're also. Like everything, he, everything that emanates from Him is complete, like this world.
0: Yeah, well done. Good quotation. It's an important verse, nicely done. Om Purnam adah Purnam Purnat Purnam Udachite Purnas Se Purnamadaya purnameva A lot of Purnams in there. God's so complete. And even though so many complete units emanates from Him, He remains the complete balance. The drivers of our spaceships may be very proud of their advancements, achievements, rather, but they do not consider the supreme driver of these greater, more gigantic spaceships called planets. There are innumerable suns and innumerable planetary systems also. As infinitesimal parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord, we small creatures are trying to dominate these unlimited planets. A verse from the Bhagavad Gita that indicates that the living entity is struggling hard and therefore maintaining the universe Govinda go ahead give him the mic it's just after Pumirapod apud nalovayu kambanu purivacha
2: ahankari bhinna prakriti astha
0: apraemitastanya
2: right um so
0: So, in the Gita, Krishna says, seventh chapter, right? This fifth verse, he says that there's a way in which the living entities are uh, trying to manipulate this material energy. They're animating it because they're struggling hard with it. It's also mentioned in the 15th chapter how the living entities are struggling hard, they're grappling hard with the material nature. Right?
3: Verse. Give it. jiva jiva sanatana mana indriyani prakriti sthani Yeah. Means? Means that the living entities are uh, st- struggling very hard to maintain uh, maintain the uh, body, which I think it's but which is in, encapsulated in struggling very hard with very the six senses, the senses, which include the mind. mind. It
0: starts off by saying, Mamai Vamsho Jiva they're all my parts, my separated parts and parcels. Mamai Vamsho Jiva Jiva Bhuta Sanatana, Manak Shashtan Indriyani Prakriti Stani Karshit. Karshit means they're struggling hard to maintain. Not very good. Okay, back to the purport. Nice. The span of human life is scheduled for about a hundred years. Thus, we take repeated birth and death and are generally frustrated by old age and disease. Yes or yes? yes. The span of human life is scheduled for about a hundred years, although it is gradually decreasing to twenty or thirty years. Thanks to the culture of nations, befooled men have created their own nations within these planets in order to grasp sense enjoyment more effectively for these few years. Such foolish people draw up various plans to render national demarcations perfectly, a task that is totally impossible. Yet for this purpose each and every nation has become a source of anxiety for others. More than 50 percent of a nation's energy is devoted to defense measures and thus spoiled. No one cares for the cultivation of real knowledge if people are falsely proud of being advanced in both material and spiritual knowledge. Shri Japanishad warns us of this faulty type of education and the Bhagavad Gita gives instructions as to the development of real knowledge. This mantra states that the instructions of Vidya, knowledge, must be acquired from Adhira. Adhira is one who is not disturbed by material illusion. No one can be undisturbed unless he is perfectly spiritually realized at which time one neither hankers nor laments for anything. Adhira realizes that the material body and mind he has acquired by chance through material association are but foreign elements. Therefore, he simply makes the best use of a bad bargain. The material body and mind are bad bargains for the spiritual living entity. The living entity has actual functions in the living spiritual world, but this material world is dead. As long as the living spiritual sparks manipulate the dead lumps of matter, the dead world appears to be a living world. Actually, it is the living souls, the parts and parcels of the supreme living being, who move the world. The dhiras have come to know all these facts by hearing them from superior authorities and have realized this knowledge by following the regulative principles. To follow the regulative principles, one must take shelter of a bona fide spiritual master. The transcendental message and regulative pr- regulated principles come down from the spiritual master to the disciple. Such knowledge does not come in the hazardous way of nascent education. One can become a dhira only by submissively hearing from a bona fide spiritual master. Arjuna, for example, became a dhira by submissively hearing from Lord Krishna, the personality of God in himself. Thus the perfect disciple must be like Arjuna, and the spiritual master must be as good as the Lord himself. This is the process of learning vidya knowledge from the dhira, the undisturbed. An adhira, one who has not undergone the training of adhira, cannot be an instructive leader. Modern politicians who pose themselves as dhiras are actually adhiras, and one cannot expect perfect knowledge from them. They are simply busy, seeing to their own remuneration in dollars and cents. How then can they lead the mass of people to the right path of self-realization? Thus one must hear submissively from Adhira in order to attain actual education. Om Tat Sat. So wh- what um, points would you like to bring out by, through questions or reflections? Yes.
4: Um, the, the line about how the way one becomes Adhira is by... Um submitting to a spiritual master and the knowledge is gained through that process not through any sort of um knowledge gaining process that might one could you know there's you know in pedagogy we we come up with all these ways that children can build knowledge, and those are those are fine for material knowledge but if you apply those same process cognitive processes to spiritual knowledge but without that submission to a bona fide spiritual master um then it—it's not actually. You can't actually learn it. It's this kind of extra secret sauce, um, and it's a very hard thing to explain to someone. Actually, if it's that—that that, having that experience is—is is really like a different layer of experience of, of actually hearing from somebody like that.
0: Why do you think that it's hard for people to? Hear I mean,
4: it, because it, I, if I'm telling someone and they've never seen a pure devotee, then. The best I can do is vouch, and and my experience of having seen pure devotees is mediated through me. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, the, I'm the only I'm little like only representative. They have I'm not that good, so so it's it's it's, it's and until someone has experienced seeing a pure devotee, then you it's you you haven't experienced it. It's it's not a it's it's a unique thing in the world.
0: It's, Thank you for the comments. This is something that. Prabhupada brought up throughout the purport that in order to get perfect knowledge, which is the the categories of knowledge or the means to reach perfect knowledge is not the same type of process that you hear about normally in an academic education. There are a lot of elements there that are sort of surprising if someone's unacquainted with the ways of gaining spiritual knowledge. And definitely one of them is mentioned by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. And, and Prabhupada's paraphrasing those points that Krishna makes. Uh, and chapter 13, 8 through, eight through 12, Amanitvam adhamvitvam acaryapasanam. Amanitvam adhamvitvam himsa Rajavam So one of the points is that uh, one should um, worship a bona fide spiritual master. The sh- the the shastras say, Devi Para Yata Tevi Tatagoro, Prakashanti Only to one who has implicit faith in the Guru and Krishna, only to such a person are the tenets of Vedic knowledge uh, automatically and simultaneously revealed. Krishna recommends also in, in the Gita tadvidi That in order to understand the truth one should approach somebody who's seen it and what three things does he recommend one do in order to uh, make the relationship proper in approaching such a person According to this verse, yes, tadvidhi pranipatena puri prasnena sevaya upadakshantite jnanam jnaninas tattvadarshina. Yes, go ahead. You had a different thing? Okay. Yes. Tadvidhi pranipatena,
3: so he should offer obeisances, then puri he should ask humbly and sevaya, he should do some
0: service to the spiritual master. Okay, now you say why you think that's effective, okay. or whatever else you were going to say
5: I, I'll, so you want um, basically to tell why it is effective
0: you could say whatever you like
5: i actually, I had another question, but yeah okay, I, go ahead actually um, I was thinking of um, that the spiritual knowledge gets to the next life as well, whereas the material knowledge stays here itself, so how because sometimes I feel that it may be possible but in my heart I don't agree to this when I see because I don't remember what did I do in my previous spiritual life there can be exceptions for example I have heard that some people can remember their past lives but for me I am not able to agree to this that whatever I did spiritually in my previous life it is staying with me so in case you can explain and correct me.
0: Uh, chapter, Krishna talks about how a person who practices yoga for a short amount of time and then falls down from the path. Yoga brashta means somebody took it up and then they didn't complete it. And he says a person who who tried for a short amount of time in the next life goes to the heavenly planets then comes back down to the earthly planet, human form and is given facility in the a family of somebody who's very wealthy. The implication is that uh, in such a place, and Prabhupada talks about this in the culture of India, there's a way in which in wealthy families, they usually have their own deities, and you then get an opportunity. You have some leisure time. You're not just piling bricks all day long in order to take up spiritual life. So then if someone's practiced for a long period of time, Then such a person goes to the heavenly planets, comes back down, takes birth in the family of transcendentalists, or devotees. And they come right out into the the world of, like I noticed here at ISV, they practically come out of the womb with cartels in their hands. It's like, where's the kirtan? It's like, hey, where'd you come from? So I don't know, some heavenly planet, but I know I was doing this before. the point is, it's not a random choice. Th- this is very clear from the Shastra, that there's uh, a karbana daivane traina jantur deho papattaya striya praviṣṭhūdhānam pūmsore ta kanashraya. This is uh, Kapiladev. He says that the, the, the womb that somebody takes birth in as a particle of consciousness, is uh, decided by higher authority it's not some random thing it's called daiva it means, I mean, every practically everything that happens to us in this world is governed by some kind of higher authority you can't move around the planet without having to fill out forms and uh, be submissive to others what to speak of in the universal order which is very much refined there's a way in which karma-na-daiva-nitrina, according to daiva and according to the estimation of your your karma, the things that you've done, the kind of association you've taken, you're given a, a very specific body. This is something Krishna talks about, how we create our own future by our association. Um, he says, Purusha prakritisto 1322. And that is that Bhagavad Gita. Because of our association, we uh, develop uh, higher or lower modes, and therefore we get higher or lower bodies. It's also a, a discussion that takes place in the 15th chapter of the Gita where Krishna says that. According to one's um, association, the modes one's developed, then daiva a higher authority, decides what kind of nose you get, what kind of tongue you get, what kind of ears you get. They're custom made specifically because of um, the way we've conducted ourselves in various ways. So that's the science and. How can you understand? We can see from Shastra that there are people who have a clear advantage starting off life immediately within a devotee family. That's not an ordinary thing. And then Krishna says, Doesn't matter <laughs> where you take birth, because In any kind of situation, if you simply take up the process of Krishna consciousness, then you'll immediately be picked up by Krishna and he'll help you from within the heart. Externally, he'll make arrangements for you and so forth. So we don't necessarily have to remember what we've done in previous lives, but we can see through the eyes of Shastra. I've seen so many times how people have been spontaneously attracted to the principles of of bhakti. And it's palpable. It's not some superficial um, desire that they have. They're very deeply invested in it all of a sudden. And this is what, what Krishna says in the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita that that a person, all remind that person of what their practice was in their last life. That's why they become so eager to practice in this life. So you can take it that whatever kinds of facilities you've gotten from the beginning of your life was because of your last life. And if you're also experiencing some spontaneous attraction for devotional service, it's definite that you've practiced before and you're being reminded again. I just read the other day where Prabhupada says, said that after many, many births of association with Vaishnavs, one may develop a desire, a strong desire to perform devotional service. The fact that you're here or anybody else is here is a, a very strong indicator of your association. After all, where's everybody else? I mean, there's a few of us here, but where's everybody else right now? They have no, no interest whatsoever, perhaps, many people. We're no clue about devotional service. That's not an accident. Just a little context, but yes, Prabhu.
3: Yeah, uh, thank you, Prabhu, for the explanation. Uh, just wanted, to have, I had a follow-up question. Like, so, as spiritual master, according to Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami in Chaitanya can be initiating spiritual master or can be instruction. Correct. Uh, so it means both of them, right? When mm-hmm. um, Prabhu mentions as spiritual master in
0: that is correct. There are three types of spiritual masters mentioned in the Chaitanya Jarnarita. The Vartman Pradakshika guru is the one who shows one the path. For instance, mangal Thakur was shown the path to devotional service by his girlfriend. As at that time, he was very interested in he had a very strong love interest and he was going out of his way to visit his girlfriend regularly. And then a big storm came and he said, I... I have to go see her anyway. I mean, it was a big storm. It was like a typhoon. And there he was, trying to make it into into her uh, gated community. And she had to climb a wall. He had to climb a wall. He had to cross a moat. Along the way, he ended up putting his life in danger in many different ways. And then when he finally got in to see her, she made a comment that changed his life. She said you know, if you're this interested in God, you'd really be like a sadhu or something like that. <laughs> Too bad you wasted it on me. And that woke him up. It, just that comment uh, by his girlfriend, Chintamani made him think that, wow, you know, she's right. It woke something up in him. So later on... After he became a great celebrated pure devotee in his writings, he starts by offering his pranams to Chintamani for showing him the path as a Vartmana Pradakshika Guru. And then Kaviraj Goswami describes the Shiksha Gurus. Shiksha Gurus give instruction about how to chant Hare Krishna, basically. And they give Sambandhagyan, knowledge about the Supreme Absolute Truth. Prabhupada says, generally, someone who's the Shiksha Guru, a successful Shiksha Guru for somebody later on becomes the Diksha Guru. Kind of natural. Prabhupada's godbrother, B.R. Sridhar Maharaj, used to say that, that the, um, the Guru captures the disciple by Shiksha, and the disciple catches the Guru by Diksha. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that, that, you know, the Guru goes around and speaks. Guru means somebody who's speaking on behalf of Krishna. Really, speak, knows Bhagavad Gita, knows how to speak it. If you know, how to, if you know Bhagavad Gita and you're practicing it and you know, a few, you know enough of the verses to present it, you're a guru, for sure. You can go around and liberate everybody by teaching them what Krishna taught. That's, you just have to represent according to your realization. And then when people hear it and they suddenly wake up and they become attached to you, then they'll come after you and they'll say, now you have to give me initiation. Then you're caught. <laughs> so that's what it means. They, they catch each other. So then there's the shiksha. These shiksha gurus, uh, uh, they can be unlimited. There's, there's no limit to how many shiksha gurus uh, one can take help from. Of course, there, there are various m- moods that are expressed in, in how to take advantage of guru. Uh, Mentioned by uh, devotees like Narhar Sarkar Thakur in his Govinda Bhajanamrita when he talks about the principle of Guru It's a Bengali book translated Um, I think Bhakti Trumar translated it The last known copy on earth and in there there's there's a definite um, relationship oftentimes between the Shiksha And the Diksha Guru is where the disciple will (coughs) also consult with the Diksha Guru or bring the information that the Shiksha Gurus are giving. Of course, it's not stereotype. And then Kaviraj Goswami speaks about Diksha Guru. Diksha Guru means one who uh, gives the mantras and uh, offers uh, initiation into the chanting of Hare Krishna. And, uh, of course, which one's more important? The one who uh, helps one the most. And where one's getting the most uh, inspiration and and direction. Any other question about Shiksha Diksha Pradhakshaka? Yes. Okay.
6: Uh, from the purport, uh, the one of the point was that one should not become a source of anxiety to others by the action of his body, by the thoughts of his mind, or by his words. So I want to know how by the thoughts of his mind we can become the source of anxiety for others, by the thoughts of our mind.
0: Well, if uh, if you're thinking something, it's going to manifest externally sooner or later. If you hold on to a certain mindset then it'll manifest in, in, in various ways. Uh, of course, in the Kali Yuga, as Prabhupada expresses in the first can of the Srimad Bhagavatam, we're not held responsible for the sins we commit within our mind. But uh, the thoughts within people's minds are often expressed through their bodily activities, their demeanor, and, um, and their words. And in the Kali Yuga, Manda Sumanda Matayo. <laughs> Mentioned by Sudhu Goswami, or is it by the sages at Naimashandra? Manda Sumanda Matayo means that in the age of Kali, people have really bad thought processes. They, th- they really don't think very clearly. They haven't considered things very well. That's why the world's such a mess. Not to be overly pessimistic, but.
6: Thank you, Okay. And also a uh, comment, like this purport, there are so many nice points. One Isn't was, it? Yeah. It amazingly <laughs> amazing practical. Points. I mean, it's
0: all there in the Sri Sripanishad. Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's an excellent book to distribute. <laughs> I mean, just this one purport is just, going through the way Prabhupada paraphrases the path of knowledge. It's so understandable and relatable and it really wants, makes you want to be good, doesn't it?
4: When yes. you hear all those things,
0: doesn't it? Yeah, Prabhu
3: Hare uh, Krishna Maharaj this uh, the purport is like amazing I just was appreciating or maybe you know deepest gratitude for Pad. I mean I think this uh, issue we should actually not be I mean I'm just thinking in the United Nations this should become their basic book they should read before they uh, start debating how the we implement issue.
0: that what are your plans?
3: <laughs> I think in the United Nations we should distribute to all of the heads. How?
0: How? The Tell us the steps.
3: I mean, the United Nations, where there is a building, we can stand outside, <laughs> and as they enter, give
0: it, or you know, dispatch to the. To headset. New York. To the New York. Yeah, it's a, the United Nations building in New York. Yeah. I saw it recently, not this trip, but the last one on my way to Harlem. I saw it. Yeah. Pradumna, I think, works there. Pradumna Prabhu, Prabhupada's senior disciple. Yeah. So you might want to ask him, I think that you should take it up and see the ways in which you could introduce Shri Upanishad or other books to the United Nations. Do a little research and come up with like three to five ideas, a way to get the Sri Upanishad into the United Nations. Okay. Shri Mat- you have an idea for this I can exactly tell an
4: idea there was a pan- they had a panel on World Yoga Day and there were actually a couple different devotees who spoke to the address the United Nations okay um, so there's there's something to you can we find out who organized that and talk to those two devotees you there might were want to two, consult
0: her to start with.
4: I, I'd have to look it up but there were at least two devotees uh, Sundar Gopal Prabhu and I don't remember the other person's name
0: okay let's look into who it.
4: actually who actually had a they had a whole event at the UN
0: we should uh for the next year think of ways in which we can get books into the united nations especially sri yes sir thank you any ways that you can do that catalog them and we'll celebrate them as uh, the steps as you get closer and closer sure Maharaj. okay
3: because i was the, the way prabhupada in one paragraph made this whole earth look so small yes and as they fight over a tiny piece of land, and that the discussion, you yes. know, lobbying, I just thought the moment they understand it, the anxiety they take over in you know, a small piece of land or, you know, this nationalism, hopefully they're subdued and they can
0: think bigger. Well, I'm not convinced you, you're going to take this up, are you? Yes. I'm a, when I was in Chicago, you know what the name of Chicago Airport is? O'Hare. It's spelled. O apostrophe H A R E. <laughs> we used to, of course, call it O'Hare Airport. <laughs> and Prabhupada used to see it. He came into Chicago twice when I was there, and we were distributing books. And he watched us distribute books. The first time he saw us, he was slightly puzzled because we were wearing wigs, so he didn't know exactly why we had hair. We used to have wigs back in the old days, and. Um, in in any case, Prabhupada told my godbrother he told my godbrother that you should approach the the uh, the head of the airport and ask them to change the name to Ohare Krishna Airport. <laughs> and he did it. Because Prabhupada told him to. So he did it. He didn't think I don't think that he he not I don't know what he thought, but he just did it. So that was interesting. Okay, so other questions? Yes.
5: Uh, Just one thing came to mind when um, Mukhanavindh Prabhu asked. So there is uh, one word in Sanskrit, manha stiti mukha vartate. Whatever is in the mind or in the mana that comes to your face. So indirectly if a person sees your face, then that can impact. I said
0: demeanor in that litany I gave about possible ways the mind value. I mentioned demeanor. Could you look up the word demeanor? Yeah, haven't you ever been around somebody and, and you're like what? You know, they didn't say anything but what? <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> it's like I don't know what you I don't like what you're thinking right now. It's like how do you know? I'm looking at you. I can see the face is the index of the mind. Okay. Yes, demeanor.
7: It doesn't get the origin, but it says that demeanor means manner, air, attitude appearance, look, bearing, carriage, behavior, and conduct.
0: All those things in demeanor. Okay, so any other questions or comments from the purport? Yes, Monisha.
8: Um, I was recently reading a book and it really reflected on the purport of this and how, and the Isha talks about how like universities are um, the students that graduate from the universities know like more about like n- numbers and amounts more than morals and values and um, it talked about how if you sow um, a thought you reap an action and you sow an action you reap a habit you sow a habit you reap a character and you sow a character you reap a destiny, destiny. and um, and I thought uh, that was really like it all starts with one thought and how um, if we move our inspiration to the right type of knowledge, the right direction, then we can attain perfection. And also in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the 11th canto 27, 23rd, um, 11, 23, 57, it talks about, the Avanti Brahmana talks about um, how like he crosses, like, it's impossible to co- um, cross the ocean of um, material suffering, or like repeated birth and death. And um, And I think The translation it talks also about how he takes. um, Yeah, it says, "I shall cross over the insurmountable ocean of nations by by being firmly fixed in the service of the lotus feet of Krishna." This was approved by the previous acharyas, who were fixed in firm devotion to the Lord, Paramatma, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And I thought um, how Dalvanti Brahmana had taken the right inspiration and he followed in the um, footsteps of the previous acharyas, so he was able to have the faith um, to cross over this ocean of nation. So I just thought...
0: The pundit pit is yes. on fire tonight. <laughs> how do you go? Very nice. That was good. That was really good. Thank you. Yes, Shraddha.
7: Maharaj, I was also thinking that as um, as instructors or as teachers, how important it is for us to be dhiras, to be dhir, because there the verse said that you know if you are not dhir, then it's a, the information will not be imparted
0: properly. People do notice, actually, and by example when. He, teaches more effectively than by precept. It's a good point. So, who knows who Narada Muni was before he was Narada Muni? Yes. He was a son of a maid Go ahead, give him the mic. He was a son of a maidservant. Actually, that's the right answer. But what was he before that? Do you know what he was before that? No idea. Yes.
7: He was a Gandharva.
0: He was a Gandharva. And um, it's kind of a, not just an instructive story, but also an encouraging story, because oftentimes we s- see a, a pure devotee, and then we think that he's always been a pure devotee, but we see the life of Narnamuni, as mentioned by himself, in the the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, Seventh Canto, that Narada in his previous life, at least the life he talks about before he became the son of a maidservant, was a Ganarva. And he was he had a, a really beautiful face and he had a great voice. And he used to go to all the kirtans. But he didn't really have any uh, knowledge of kirtans, so he used to sing uh, bhajans about the demigods and he did so in the in assembly of pure devotees who took umbrage at his uh, <clears throat> mistake which mistake would that be according to the ten offenses <laughs> consider the names of demigods like lord shiva or lord brahma to be equal to or independent of in the names of lord vishnu and what's a verse that backs that up okay give the mic it's in the Shloka book. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: what I understand the second verse is Siva sri Vishnu Rya Gud and Ahmadi Sakalam Dhyabinam Ya Pashakaluharinama Hitakara.
0: Pretty good, yeah. Okay, but that just names what the what the offense is, right? Where is it in the in the Shastra elsewhere that it mentions this principle? Yes, so, cool
2: yastu yastu brahmaadi devatai am samatvam eviksheta sa pashanti bhavet dhruvam to second two lines um yastu brahmaadi devatai so i am blanking on the second line
0: yastu Narayanam devam
2: brahmaadi rudra devatai Brahmadi rudra devatai yastu Narayanam devam Brahmadi rudra devatai samatvam evam viksheta
0: so a person is known to be a pashandi, which is not a great term. I mean, it's a great term, but it, it's not great being one. It means it means an atheist. Did you find it? Yes, to Narayanam Devam, Brahma Rudradi Daivate. Give him the mic. Bart, read it, please, and tell us where it's from. Uh, it's from the Padma
1: Puran. And it says Brahma Rudradi Viksheta Sapashandi Bhavadrun And the translation is a person who considers demigods like Brahma and Shiva to be on an equal level with Narayan is to be considered an offender and an atheist.
0: Yeah, but where does it say that in the Bhagavad Gita? Okay. Shreddha nose, give her the mic.
7: It's nine chapter, verse number 23, okay. where he says that those who worship the demigods, they worship in the wrong way. They worship Krishna, but they do so in the wrong
0: way.
7: Verse? Back it up a little, ye, please. Ye yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Translation, please. Those who are devotees of other gods and who worship them with faith actually worship only me, O son of Kunti, but they do so in a wrong way.
0: A purvakam. It's a vidi. It's against the proper method. Although there are parts and parts of Krishna, it's it's not the right way. Where else in Bhagavad Gita? This is a very strong principle. Bhavedravam means it's fixed, fixed principle. Somebody's a prashanti if they don't understand this. So where else in the Gita that's Krishna recommend that one not worship demigods, or give logic that explains why they should, why one should worship him and not demigods. Yes. In the
9: seventh chapter, um, twenty-third sec- verse, Yes. He says, Antavatu falam sham tad bhavatyau pamedasam devandeva yajo yanti madbhakta yanti mamapi Men of small intelligence worship the demigods and their fruits are limited and temporary. Those who worship the demigods go to the planets of the demigods, but my devotees ultimately reach my supreme planet.
0: Excellent. What else? In the same neighborhood there's other verses. You might just back up one verse. Go ahead.
6: I was thinking if if it's Yanti Deva or
0: You can do Yanti Deva or but back up one verse here. Go backwards. Back, 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 back. Back, back, back. There it is. Sataya ashraya yuktas tasyadhanam ihate labate chatata kaman mayayivavihitan hitan. And the translation is, endowed with such a faith he endeavors... To worship a particular demigod and obtains his desires, but in actuality these benefits are bestowed by me alone. Strong point. And go one more back. This section is a treasure trove for those who want to explain why one should focus one's attention fully on Krishna. How about this one? Let's say it together. Yo Yo Yam Yam Tanum Bhakta, Shraddhayar Chitum Tasya tasya chalam shadham tamiva vidadham yaham. I am in everyone's heart as the super soul. As soon as one desires to worship some demigod, I may th- make his face steady so that he can devote himself to that particular deity. Back one more time. You have a point. Uh oh, this is good stuff. Let's hear the pass to the mic. <laughs> Start over. Dangerous. We heard the word dangerous.
4: It's very dangerous to have even a momentary attraction to the demigods before one has an attraction to Krishna, because, you know, if if it was if it was up to me and I had a momentary attraction, well, I have momentary attraction to all kinds of things, but then He kicks in and says, "Okay, go for it," and man, then you're in the wrong wrong path.
0: Yeah, uh, of course, you know, in the overall scheme of things, there's a way in which. Um The Vedic project is huge and somebody's worshiping devas for elevationism and they're following the the shastra, then there is some conception about how one might develop faith in the devas and in the shastra and then think, oh, the whole thing has some effect. But in general, for pure devotees, absolutely, it's it's a... um, Uh, diversion of one's energies away from the root. Yes.
4: I guess on the flip side, I've met at least three devotees who've told me, we we always ask people, how did you find Krishna? It's like a family tradition. And I've known at least, I have at least three good friends who are now, you know, Mahaprabhu's camp, but they came as uh, Shaivites. Yes. It started with an attraction to Lord Shiva.
0: Sure. And Shiva takes care of his people. With the and Vaishnavanam Yata the whole premise of, of the whole premise, but one of the main themes of the bhagavatam Bhagavatamrita is that um, Kamakshi Devi was the uh, the deity uh, worshipped by uh, the the Brahman from Jyotishtapur. and he uh, in a dream had a visitation from Kamakshi Devi. Who told? Who gave him a mantra? And what was that mantra? It was a Gopal mantra. It was a Krishna mantra, and said, "Here, take this. It's a gift." And so, because he got it from the deity, although he had no idea what it was really, he started chanting the mantra and and was able to have darshan with, go, with, uh, <coughs> with Gopal, and and the mantra started taking him, you know, to various realms in order for him to on his circuitous route, find the supreme personality of Godhead. But it came from Kamaksha Devi. Of course, what we're talking about here is really um, having a a clear idea of the hierarchy and that Krishna is the source of all the devas and they're simply parts of him. Even their names are borrowed names from him. It's not illegal to worship the demigods if one has a clear idea that they are all parts of Krishna, and they're his servants. And um, we have examples of this. And Prabhupada mentions what I just said uh, that uh, unless one has this idea that they're the same or they're completely different from one another. Um, for instance, uh, Rukmini, before her abduction by Krishna in the special um, way that he married her by dragging her away from Shishapal and everybody else. Uh, was was praying to uh, Durga, as was the custom, right? And, and what was her prayer? Please get me out of here. <laughs> please uh, let Krishna appear and, and uh, kidnap me and take me away. And the young gopi girls, of course, were doing the similar thing and um, making their worship and their prayer was, uh, let, please let me become uh, Krishna's wife. So, um, this principle is very important in the Bhagavad Gita. Many people misunderstand this, and they think you can worship any demigod, and it's the same as worshiping Krishna or anybody else. This is mayavad, and it's very prevalent in the world. People don't understand the position of demigods, nor do they read the Bhagavad Gita. Apparently, which is um, an important, is the most important. Uh, Shastra for understanding clear knowledge about how to worship Krishna and that he's the supreme personality of Godhead. So, yes, Shraddha.
7: Well, I was thinking that even in the Ishopanishad later, it also talks about the, that it's not the same to be worshipping um, one who is supreme and one who is not. eva That's true. Let's look at that verse. It's verse number 13, I think, 1-3. Ishopanishad.
0: Tell us what the verses. Anyad evahu some vavad, anya rahur iti shushu madiranam, yena stadvich checksure. And the translation is. It is said that one result is obtained by worshipping the supreme cause of all causes, and that another result is obtained by worshipping what is not supreme. All this is heard from the undisturbed authorities who clearly explained it. Is that the verse you wanted? Purport The system of hearing from undisturbed authorities is approved in this mantra. Unless one hears from a bona fide acharya who is never disturbed by the changes of the material world, one cannot have the real key to transcendental knowledge. The bona fide spiritual master who has also heard the Shuti mantras or Vedic knowledge from his his undisturbed acharyas never acharya never presents anything that is not mentioned in the Vedic literature. In the Bhagavad Gita 925 it is clearly said that those who worship the pitris or forefathers attain the planets of the forefathers. That the gross materialists who make plans to remain here stay in this world and that the devotees of the Lord who worship none but Lord Krishna, the supreme cause of all causes, reach him in his spiritual sky. Here also is Sri Ishapanishad. Here also in Sri Yishupanishad, it is verified that one achieves different results by different modes of worship. If we worship the Supreme Lord, we will certainly reach him in his eternal abode. And if we worship demigods like the sun god or moon god, we can reach their respective planets without a doubt. And if we wish to remain on this wretched planet with our planning commissions and our stopgap political adjustments, we can certainly do that also. Nowhere in authentic scriptures it is said that one will ultimately reach the supreme the same goal by doing anything or worshipping anyone. Such foolish theories are offered by self-made spiritual masters who have no connection with the parampara, the bona fide system of discipline succession. The bona fide spiritual master cannot say that all paths lead to the same goal and that anyone can attain this goal by his own mode of worship of the demigods or of the supreme or whatever. Why can't a spiritual master say that all paths lead to the same goal and that one can attain this goal by his own mode of worship? What prevents a spiritual master from doing that? Yes, Shraddha?
10: Because then you're not following the Acharyas and the Sampradaya.
0: Okay, can you say more about that logic? You're on the right track.
10: If you're creating your own mode of worship, then it's not a bona fide way of trying to advance in your devotion. It
0: defies the very definition of a a guru or spiritual master, right? Because Krishna is the Adi guru. This is mentioned in the section of the Bhagavatam about Matsya Avatar. There's a wonderful verse there about how Krishna is the Adi Guru, means the original guru. And anybody else who follows Krishna and who represents what Krishna says is also considered a guru because of being a representative of the Adi Guru. So why is it that it's important that we follow what Krishna says and not some person who's affected by the three modes of material nature. Please go ahead. Put forth your theory.
7: (laughs) Those who are under the modes of material nature, we have got um, material senses, which have got four defects. We make um, errors, we we have um, uh, imperfect senses, we have a tendency to be illusion, we make errors, and we have a tendency to cheat.
0: Cheating. So what if What if somebody is uh, an ordinary person who is under the three modes of material nature, controlled by the modes of material nature, but um, doesn't uh, say anything of his own creation, but simply repeats what he hears from Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita and from the bona fide spiritual master who we've heard from Shraddha is one who follows Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. What in that case, what happens in that case? Could somebody uh, be effective? Could their words be effective if they are conditioned by the modes of material nature? They have these four defects, yet they don't speak on their own behalf. They simply repeat what Krishna has said or what the bona fide spiritual master has said. Your demeanor is showing me that... See, I can tell what his thoughts are (laughs) by looking at his demeanor. I'm being affected by uh, his thoughts, not as, in a diverse way, but in a good way. I was actually thinking about the previous. I see. Thing which, um, okay, go so ahead. So in
6: Bhakti Rasamanj Sindhu, this Shruti, um, Smriti, Puranadi, Pancharatra Vidhi, vina Ekanteki Haribhakti, Utpatayeva Kalpate. If some, if any path doesn't follow Shruti, Smriti, Puranaadi, in Puranas, that is nothing but a mere disturbance in the society. So that's why you know, spiritual, a bona fide spiritual master cannot cannot say any, cannot say that you know any path will lead to the same That's true,
0: and it's a very good citation, but Sunura Prabhu did he answer my question. My premise was that the person's under the three modes of material nature. They're subject to the four defects. Nonetheless, they restrain themselves and their speech by simply repeating what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita and what they hear from the bona fide spiritual master. Is what they say perfect or not?
11: Yes, Prabhu perfect.
0: Okay, defend your position,
11: please. Um, So, Prabhupada, many places he talks about how we, um, if we hear properly from the bona fide source, and uh, we represent it without any addition or our own interpretation, then we pass the pure message through the parampara, and of course. uh, Quoting the words, you know, evam parampara praptam, evam raja rashyaviduhu. The fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna says that this uh, divine knowledge was uh, passed through the parampara and the disciplic succession, and uh, uh, thus it was uh, passed through um, many ages. So the knowledge can, um, is actually passed down, it's a descending mercy. And when it's actually properly presented, then
2: uh,
11: without any adulteration, then it's bona fide.
0: Okay, Govind, thank you very much, Sinder Prabhu.
2: I'm reminded of an incident that happened with Prabhupada. Once Prabhupada was preaching, I've heard this obviously. So once Prabhupada was preaching and uh, there was a person in the audience who was challenging him very much. He says, why should we believe you? Are you? Do you think you are perfect? But per- Prabhupada came back with the response, no, I'm not perfect, but I'm speaking the words of a perfect
0: person. That's why you should believe me. That's the point. And he also said, I'm not liberated. He said, but because I'm repeating the words of Krishna, who's eternally liberated, therefore my speech is perfect so the principle, yes go ahead
2: yeah and uh, bhagavan is perfect because uh, bhagavatam says uh, it's full of such statements vasudeva veda, vasudeva paramakha vasudeva paramgyanam vasudeva paramtapa vasudeva para yoga vasudeva para kriya vasudeva varo dharma vasudeva paragati so he is the best um uh, even arjun says that um
0: Pram Brahma, Param Dhamma, Pavithram, Paramam Purusham, Shashatam devam Okay, good. And Shredda's definitely got something here, because I'm feeling her thoughts <laughs> through her demeanor. And you got more, okay.
7: So uh, along the same lines of what Govindas Prabhu was saying, that um, we say that Krishna is described by Uttam Shlokas. And Uttam, uttam means uh, transcendental. So um, when we are trying to describe Krishna, we have to describe Him using Uttam shlokas. And since we are not Uttam, whatever we say cannot be um, in your transcendental. So, But if you are repeating something which is transcendental, then it can't be affected by the modes of material nature that we have. And um, there's that Ayur Hariti verse. Ayur Hariti Asthan chayan Asau Tasyate Tannato Atho Nirtha. Uttam Shloka Vartya, so there it says that, you know, he's described in choice transcendental shlokas only. Yes. So it has to come from the right source.
0: Correct. So in the, the tenth chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, we'll find in the discussion of the personified Vedas, the proposition that the material world has two purposes. One purpose is for material enjoyment, the other is for liberation. And the question comes up that how is it that those who have material bodies and senses can perceive transcendental sound or transmit it since they are using material instruments, but to speak of the fact that that sound has to transfer itself or be transferred through a material medium, for instance, the air carries the sound and it touches the ear and so forth and who knows what the answer to that question is you only get full credit when you use the microphone it's, it's all right dilaje janme
4: janme prabhu it's from group Puja, it's not Sri Guru Jarana Padma, by Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur Gurudev is the person who gives us our divine vision, the, the, real, the real eyes. Okay. And
0: in this uh, conundrum about how it is that material senses can perceive spiritual sound, what what is the answer that's given by the, um, in this section of the prayers personified Vedas? How is it that, Material senses can perceive transcendental sound. He needs a mic really bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is lobe, Greet. Okay, go ahead.
6: So I was not thinking about 10th canto kind of, actually, I was thinking about Bhakti Rasamini Sindhu, athashri Shri Krishna Namadhi Naba Vait Grayam Indre, Sevan Mukhi Jivado Swayam Evas adha. By the material senses it's very difficult to perceive, perceive the Lord, but when uh, one renders service by, uh, by taking Lord's name and eating prasadam, then one can understand, uh, un- understand the Lord.
0: That works. Well, what was the specific point that's made
2: there?
0: Good, good. Well, tell us wh- why you're citing that verse, please. So How does it apply to the question about... how The question, which, the yes.
2: question was how does sound vibration, transcendental sound
0: vibration purify us? No, the question was how could you actually transmit transcendental sound vibration in a material medium? we in the material world have a material body, have a material eardrum using the air to transport sound, so how is it that you get spiritual sound through that mixture of all these material things? That was the question that comes up in the, in the 10th Canto, Prayers Personified Vedas? You want to answer, Moloney? Okay, go ahead, support your position and support it very strongly, please.
7: <laughs> Maybe I'll go down in flames. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the senses get get transcendentized. Uh, the material senses get transcendental in the association of transcendental vibrations as much as when you put iron rod in the fire it requires the properties of the fire That is correct and iha karmana mansagira niklav apya jivan so even in this uh, world although they are appear they are, seem to be in a material body but they are actually one more verse
0: from the bhagavad gita Whatever you use in the service of Brahman becomes Brahman itself. But there's a little more to the answer that's given in that chapter, Prayers Personified Vedas. Who's a big fan of that chapter? We should have a fan club. I mean, that's a chapter that it's for connoisseurs of philosophy because... It's long, it's deep, so you could live off that for the rest of your life. I mean, it's really relishable, that chapter. It comes right after all the Krishna's sweet, sweet pastimes. Just to make sure you don't start thinking that this is some kind of uh, fairy tale or something like that. It's nailed down tight in the philosophy there. The answer that's given there is because Krishna's a person. And he's very much aware of his entire creation. And therefore he can interpret the intentions of the person who's speaking uh, Krishna-kata. And just as uh, an engineer can flip a switch and you can send electric energy through the heater or through the cooler, so Krishna can transform everything according to one's desire and intention and if it's being used properly. Krishna satatayuktanam bhajatam dadami tam Krishna's there within the heart he says very distinctly that he understands when somebody's sincere and they're trying to uh, do devotional service to please him and therefore he gives the intelligence by which, by which they can come to him and Prabhupada mentions in that chapter the Prayers of the prayer of the Vedas it's a referendum on whether God's personal or impersonal and then he explains that if he's personal, and he's in full control of his creation, he, and of course he's omnipotent, he can transform the energies and make himself known. Of course, this is a really important point, because how is it that the limited can know the unlimited? And the only answer to that, not only in ontological terms, our relationship with God, but even in this world, how do you get, how do you get to know more about a person who's superior to you. There's only one answer: you have to submit. You can't do it by force, and uh, only until that person agrees that I'm going to reveal myself to you. So Krishna therefore says, "Bhakti tatumam gyatva taranantaram." Only way that you enter into understanding me is through bhakti. And submission. And that's uh, when the unlimited decides to reveal himself to the limited, then who's to stop him? Who can say that he can't do that? Obviously he can reveal himself as much as he likes. Therefore Tashi krishna Namadi, graya mindre sevam Eva jivado Da. It's an important verse. So if you, you know that yoga begins with the tongue and you start to serve Krishna through your tongue, how do you serve Krishna through your tongue, Gita? Do what? Definitely. You take prasadam. What's another way? (laughs) What? What? Chant the holy name. Very good. So, you chant the holy name, you take prasadam. It was like last night, we were talking about how it's not so easy. Prasadam, say you're living by yourself, and you, like every night, do you offer, or it's like, the tongue wins out. Now just give it to me. <laughs> Straight. I mean, taking prasadam, you know, it's there's a it's a it trans it's a it's a real yoga. Yoga of the tongue. And Krishna when he's pleased, when he sees that this person's trying to please me, it's very personal. Then he reveals himself. Yes.
10: Which there was one more verse um, when oh, you were good. asking about the, how people with imperfect senses if they their right. Um, I'm this sorry, is, I missed
0: that. Just go right ahead and say it again.
10: This is uh, from Srimad Bhagavatam 1511. Uh, in that translation, on the other hand, that literature which is full of descriptions of transcendental glories of name, fame, form, pastimes, etc., of unlimited supreme lord in a different creation, full of transcendental words directed towards bringing about a revolution in the impious lives of this world's mystic civilization. Such transcendental literatures, even though imperfectly composed, are heard, sung, and accepted by pure, purified men who are thoroughly honest.
0: And tell us why you picked that verse, what's the context?
10: So, um, the previous uh, purport that we were reading from Ishopanishad, um, it is said that uh, you should follow a guru who is bona fide, and, and then um, and I was just reflecting, uh, Sri Vatsa was talking to me last week, he was telling that he's doing a um, dissertation kind of a thing with his um, mentor at school. And um, he was saying something about Bhagavad Gita, um, and which he have never read Bhagavad Gita, but he was uh, giving commentary about Bhagavad Gita. So. Um, I was just uh, reflecting back and then one of my colleagues sent me a video about somebody preaching about Hinduism and they were taking part of the verses of the scriptures and leaving out the rest of it. So I was just thinking how bona fide um, literature is is so important and the devotees were actually trying to really uh, glorify Krishna even though their uh, composures are imperfect but still it is accepted as the highest. Yes,
0: yes. To, to the best of one's ability. At the end of the Chaitanya Charter movie, we find a very beautiful, poetical section where Kaviraj Goswami is saying that now, uh, is it Chaitanya Bhagavat? I'm thinking, yeah. That this small red beaked bird has tried to describe the, the glories of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Birds fly in the high, in the sky as as high as they're able. The sky is unlimited, but birds you know, they go as high as they can according to their ability. So I said, according to my ability, I've described as much as possible. And Prabhupada quotes this oftentimes to say that it's not that you have to glorify the Lord completely, because who can do that? However, if you do to the best of your ability, then Krishna will be pleased. And even if you have just a little bit of ability to do that, but you do it sincerely, then the, the, the process of purification takes place. By, because Krishna notices how one's sincerely trying to glorify Him. Because He's a person, He's there within everyone's heart. Yes, from the internet.
7: This is Bhakt Alex Zarinov. Oh, good. And He's quoting from Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th canto, first chapter, verse number 4. Nirvartatar se Okay. That verse. 10 1 4 nivritta tarsair bhav Ashodat shutra manobhiramat ka uttama shloka pumam vraje glorification of the supreme personality of godhead is performed in the parampara system that is it is conveyed from the spiritual master to disciple such glorification is relished by those no longer interested in the false temporary glorification of this cosmic manifestation Descriptions of the Lord are the right medicine for the conditioned soul undergoing repeated birth and death. Therefore, who will cease hearing such glorification of the Lord except a butcher or one who is killing his own self?
0: And what was the context in which she was giving this verse?
7: Um, I'm kind of just thinking that at the time when you were asking Amshadda um, about, you know, when we are preaching, why should we preach? Why can we not just speak from our own thing? Mm. Why do you follow disciples' suggestions? So okay.
0: okay, good. Um, I want to go back to the first Sri Shapanishad verse and um, we'll just uh, look at the summarized points Prabhupada makes of knowledge. That was uh, Sri Shapanishad text number 10. Is everyone okay? Okay. So go to the purport and Just um, listen to several of these to to get an idea of the um, process of knowledge, the culture of knowledge. And number one, one should be a perfect gentleman and learn to give proper respect to others. So this is civility and uh, incivility is very costly. It causes damage in uh, the social fabric and uh, also disturbs people to no end. So uh, being a perfect gentleman to learn to give proper respect to others. And this is something that's also mentioned in various places that one can live a perfectly uh, progressive life if one learns how to give proper respect to others. Who can think of a place in Shastra where a guru gives a disciple instruction to learn how to properly respect others and by doing so, become properly situated in life and in spiritual advancement and make spiritual advancement. Okay. Can't you tell what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of Jruva Maharaj and who instructs him to learn to respect people properly. Yeah, what does he say? Let's look at it. Just find the verse. It's not in your shloka book, I guarantee you, but um, if somebody wants to grab the book off the shelf in a heroic act, he's already got it. Okay, what is it? four eight 34. How did you do that? <laughs> I mean, we got the super pundits up in front tonight four eight thirty four He knows it right off the top of his head. Some kind of magic going on up here tonight four eight thirty four. Okay. Gunadikan Buddham Lip said anukrosham gunadamat maitram samanad anvichchen na tapair abibhuyete translation No, look at the word for word. Oh, thanks. We have it right here. We're awash in transcendental literature here guna, adikat, one who is more qualified, mudam, pleasure, lipset, one should feel, anukrosham, compassion, guna adamat, one who is less qualified, Maitrim friendship, Saman, samanat, with an equal, anvichet, One should desire, na, not, tapai, by tribulation, abidiyate, uh, sorry, abibuyate, become affected. Translation, every man should act like this. When he meets a person more qualified than himself, he should be very pleased. When he meets someone less qualified than himself, he should be compassionate toward him. And when he meets someone equal to himself, he should make friendship with him. In this way, one is never affected by the threefold miseries of this material world. I have a question for all of you: How is it that one can become free from the miseries, threefold miseries of the material world? And we have the answer here.
9: If you meet someone um, less qualified than you, you should be compassionate towards them. And if you meet someone as qualified towards, as qualified as you, you should make friendship with them. And if you meet someone more qualified than you, you should be very pleased.
0: Very pleased. Okay, excellent. This is the means by which one is never affected by the threefold mysteries of the material world. Ananta, what do you think? Do you like that verse? I'm going to read the purport. Purport. Generally, when we feel someone more qualified than ourselves, we become envious of him. When we find someone less qualified, we deride him. And when we find someone equal, we become very proud of our activities. These are the causes of all material tribulations. The great sage Narada therefore advised that a devotee should act perfectly. Instead of being envious of a more qualified man, one should be jolly to receive him. Instead of being oppressive to a less qualified man, one should be compassionate toward him just to raise him to the proper standard. And when one meets an equal, instead of being proud of one's own activities before him, one should treat him as a friend. One should also have compassion for the people in general who are suffering due to forgetfulness of Krishna. These important functions will make one happy within this material world. Priya Kishori Go for it.
12: I was, um, I found it very interesting that uh, Srila Prabhupada uh, is saying that one should be a proper gentleman, be a proper human being and have um, this uh, proper attitude and in, in this verse. Um, he's saying the cause of all tribulation is because um, one has envy. And when reflecting on that, the very reason we're in this material world is because we were envious to Krishna, because he was so qual- like so qualified, and we were envious of that. And when we look at the opportunity we have in a spiritual community, we have the opportunity to respect elders and uh, senior devotees and guru. Um, we have the opportunity to learn cooperation amongst peers and go and preach with them um, to those who are more unfortunate. So this environment gives us the ability to overcome such tribulations. And
0: that's why you're so happy. <laughs> right? Uh, yes, Govinda. It was there a minute ago. Uh, yes. You'll come right back. Uh, any. Any practical realization of this? you has got, He's got it. it, okay. Yeah,
2: so uh, as the Tapatraya Unmulanam is also mentioned in 1.1.2 uh, of Srimad Bhagavatam, right? So, but just by reading Srimad Bhagavatam, we can actually eliminate the threefold miseries of
0: life. Yes. Tapatraya Mulanam. Yes, by. Yes, Shraddha, go for
7: it. I was saying that also in the Prasadam prayers, um, the, the, the extra verse that we have from Bhagavatam it also says that if you put on the garlands that have been worn by the Lord or the clothes that he wears or food that has been left then also Maya does not have effect on you.
0: Yes. So it's remarkable isn't it that if one this is one of the features of knowledge it's very practical that's why I wanted to go back to the Shri Upanishad purport because the first step and it's very deep in attaining equilibrium in this world and actually becoming free from the fetters of the modes of material nature is is to act properly in one's relationships Priya again
12: I just had, over the last few days, the opportunity to interact with um, some people who, um, they're not devotees, but they're very, very knowledgeable in the field that they have studied. And one thing I noticed about their, the, the way they conducted themselves is that because their knowledge was so deep in whatever subject matter it may be, they conducted themselves with so much humility um, and um, a lack of pride for what they had. and um, especially when we carry this knowledge of a spiritual life and all this, then it's it, it, we can drive, derive from that principle that the concomitant factor is to be more um, humble. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Mukharvin.
6: And I, this uh, one song. Uh in which that Guru Deo Kripa Bindu Diya karu. In that one line says that um, Sakala Sahani Karite Sakati Deho Jada Jata That says that, that, oh spiritual master, please give me that power to respect every living entity according to their. Um, I remember. Yes. Yes. Uh, whenever in all Vyas Pujas we. <laughs> That's
0: right. It's a very. Uh, it's a real shakti to be able to do that, Prabhu.
3: Maharaj, I was remembering Radhika Raman Prabhu's lecture last year where where, uh, his seminar on forgiveness, where he mentioned a very nice point that uh, in the Trinadapi uh, verse, uh, out of Amanina and Manadena, uh, not expecting respect and giving respect to all others, not expecting respect is somewhat tougher, but giving respect to others is easier. Uh, At least we get some reciprocation that's what he <laughs> so at least if we begin practicing that then uh, Amanina also can come naturally gradually
0: yeah that's such a nice point Thank you for bringing that up yeah. and I I just wanted to, I and when I think of that verse Churnat Api and the translation that one should be ready for these things it always reminds me that you know we get ready for so many other things before you walk out the door he's like do I look okay you know it's like is this straight uh But, but, you know, am I ready as I walk out psychologically to not uh, take respect from others or expect it? Or am I I ready to give respect to others? So this is one of the tenets of of, uh, knowledge and of being in a state in which one could commune with the holy name is to to keep oneself in that humble position, and that's really what it means. So that's something that one could... um, put on the inventory to check before one walks out the door and interacts with others, including one's spouse. Come on, smile. All right. All right, was there one more point For I use up all the time for our kirtan? Yeah. Um, I, I was just reminded of the six verses starting from
2: 12, 13 Bhagavad Gita. Yes. So that, that series in which Lord gives a lot of qualities that He would like to see in a devotee yes. of His. Yes. So I think that, is, that should be our manifesto
0: for... For ISV. Let's do that. Let's study this and uh, some of the other places where Krishna mentions the qualities that He would like to see in others and that gives Him happiness. Why don't we all study that and make that the man, our manifesto and uh, the... the the, the beacon for our uh, practice and the, uh, the ways we conduct ourselves in life. What do you all think? You agree, eh? Yes. So let's start it in earnest today, and we'll practice this uh, showing respect to others and not expecting respect in turn. And we'll look at all the other tenets. And so, uh, start making notes of these things before the weekend. Of any of the the qualities you see that Krishna mentions that are especially endearing to him, and then we can share uh, and try to actually practice it before you get we get here on Saturday. Okay. Let's try it and see what happens. Thank you. So uh, one of the uh, um, um, most intimate of services that one can perform for the supreme personality of God it is cooking, and uh, One of the reasons that we have a uh, temple, especially with a a commercial kitchen, is so that we can uh, be um, ever-progressive in increasing the quality of our cooking and the standards of our cooking. So all of you are uh, Vaishnavas, and therefore um, it's a service that you can learn if you don't know it already. And if you already know uh, how to cook, you can uh, put yourself uh, more and more into the, to the service. But it is definitely one of the ways to um, conquer the hearts of people in the world and come very close to Krishna is through cooking. So th- please meditate on this because we would like to make ISV one of the uh, 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 most famous temples in the world for its cooking. And uh, take it very seriously and uh, qualify yourself also for cooking to cook for the deities one should have brahminical initiation and um, make this your life and soul and then your life will be perfect and everyone else will love you too Hare Krishna thank you very much for considering my request Hari Bo and um, uh, we'll see you soon Thank you very much. Everybody will see you on Saturday. For, the, um, for those who joined us online, everyone please uh, thank them by saying Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And now we'll put away all the asanas and we'll remove this beautiful carpet and uh, we'll clear the dance floor for tonight's Aartik ceremony. So feel free to let yourself go and dance for the Lord. And thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Naceriya <laughs> Marman. Natchari Armarman, Natchari Armarman, hey! Natchari Armarman, Natchari Armarman, Natchari Armarman, Natchari Armarman.